Hello everyone, this is Josue from Empathy Cafe, where everybody's got a story that can change your heart. Just a heads up for today's episode, there is a trigger warning of uh, child abuse. Today's guest is Graham Johnston. Born and raised in Northern Ireland, he's a 47-year-old dad married to a fantastic woman from the Netherlands. They have one boy named Daniel. Graham is a speech and language therapist by day and an energy alignment method mentor by night and most weekends. He is the creator of Faith as Flow, which puts Christ at the center of all his changes and development. His aim with Faith as Flow is to reconnect people to God, self, and others. In his words, love is what makes the world go round. This is One on One Live with Graham Johnston. Welcome, Graham. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. It's such a privilege. Yes, we've been talking for weeks about today's we episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, we will talk later. I will, I will, uh, we will talk about uh, uh, how, we, how we met and, then, and how we met later online on the Zoom call that you had with uh, your your ministry that was very interesting but i'm going to i'm uh, i'm going to go start it. i'm going to start right away with the questions if that's okay with you Graham. yeah please do please all do. right um in our conversations offline uh, you've mentioned your relationship or lack of thereof with your father and um something happened in your childhood that would affect you for decades. Is this something that you would like to talk about, Grammy? Sure, absolutely. Um, my father was a man with a very short fuse. Mm -hmm. His anger would just explode in seconds, and it would never take very much to get that anger to share itself with us as a, as a family and as kids growing up. And my dad had, with his anger, a very heavy hand, a really heavy fist. And I remember going to church with him, and if we didn't sing the hymns, his hand would come down as a fist on our knees, you know, to get us to sing. Uh, and um, on another occasion, <clears throat> um, I remember having feeling like I had to run away from him to keep myself safe. I ran to the, the bathroom and locked the door, but he had a way of getting in and got in. And then, of course, um, I had a, a good old smacking session. Um, and um, yeah, so that was the physical side of it. But there was more to it than that as well. There was um, words. And I think sometimes words can almost hit harder than physical. Uh, my father... I did not like it that um, I was associating myself as a Seventh-day Adventist and he didn't want me to go to church and he wanted us to go to his church as a united family on a Sunday uh, and to prevent me from getting to church on a Saturday he um, would bring me to his workplace 
Um, and I remember one Saturday going up to the uh, news agent who was a friend of the family who ran that little news agent then. And um, I remember uh, the news agent being so friendly and she said to my dad, oh, Gerald, uh, Graham's growing up so well, he's getting taller than you. And, and, and my dad said, yeah, well, he may be taller than me I'm, or getting taller than me, but he's never going to be half the man that I am. And so those words cut me harder than any uh, spanking or hitting or throwing or whatever. Those were the thing that was the thing that hit me uh, quite literally uh, the hardest and was a true shock to my system. And I think from there it was kind of like a downward spiral, especially with my relationship with my dad. How old were you at that moment? Um, I think I was probably about 10 or 11 right then. Oh. So did you think that uh, um, this attitude towards you from your dad was the source of your depression as an adult as well? Absolutely. Of my depression and of my anxiety. Okay. Um, I, I felt like I would never be half the man my dad was. I could never be a good, strong man or a good model for a child, should I have one. Um, so from there, I think the idea of never enough uh, in lack, like a lack consciousness took hold of me. Um, and this um, demonstrated its life in my relationship with my wife. Um, uh, though we had a pretty good relationship, uh, be but because I was really anxious and, and depressed, uh, about twice a year, uh, she might say something to me, very little, but I'd been holding all of this stuff in, right? Mm -hmm. uh, she would not say very much before I would, you know, explode on her because yes, as people often say, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. And mm -hmm. so while I would never hit her, I would hit the bed and I would say some pretty awful things. Um, but I couldn't stop myself. And it was just blah, 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 pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And I said, OK, I need to stop now. I need to stop now. But I couldn't stop until the energy went down, if you see what I mean. Yeah. And then afterwards, when it all finished, then I would say, oh, hon, I'm so sorry. I, I, I apologize. But what's a sorry whenever you've said those horrible things and you've been lashing out at a person that, you know, sorry can kind of mean nothing after an event like that. Almost so like I a, knew. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I knew that something had to change. Yeah. I just didn't know what or how. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did, did you see your your father in yourself sometimes then? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, And that, so much. That must have been so hard. That was very hard. That was very hard. Yeah, that was that was hard. Um, I didn't want to be like him, but here I was exactly like him. Mm -hmm. And that worried me that if I ever had a kid, because at that point I didn't have a child, if I would ever have a child, how could I, I, I didn't want to visit the same 
pain upon yeah. my son that had been visited upon me, right? Of course. You wanted to break the cycle. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it, it, it is amazing how, how we tend to repeat in one way or the other what was shown to us as children. Correct. And That's we right. try to change, and it is, it's, it's, it's not that easy. It's not that no. easy to break the cycle. My father no. was a pastor. He, he never hit me. He never talked back to me. But he wasn't there for me. He was always outside the home. He, he was always working. Okay. And only took me on a walk once in a lifetime. And, uh, and I remember thinking, when I grow up, I want to spend time with my family and right. I'm not going to work as much. But then as soon as I started working, I, I was a workaholic like my dad. Mm. Mm. And 12, 14, 16 hours every day, six, six, seven days a week. And I was seeing myself being a workaholic like my dad, which I hated. Right. Um, and I saw how that was affecting my my, my marriage as well. My wife would tell me, Joshua, I miss you. Where are you? Oh. Well, yeah. I'm working. Yeah, yeah. I'm working mm. all the time. It's amazing how, how, how it affects us. Uh, really, I cannot even imagine what it must have been like for you uh, to be abused physically and, 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 and emotionally in such a way. You mentioned that uh, your father used to go to a different denomination, but you went to your church right. to a Adventist yeah. Church. Um, yeah. When you started to attend church regularly, did that help your mental health? Like, a, was it like a panacea where everything changed and suddenly you are on the right path? Well, I don't know that it necessarily worked that way. Um, I, I, I feel like I've always gone to church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ever since I was little, I've never not gone to church. Um, okay. uh, but I feel like perhaps it wasn't the church that saved me, but rather God and his son, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And knowing him was my lifesaver. Uh -huh. Um, I think for a long time, my relationship with God and my understanding of God came through other people rather than mm -hmm. my own personal experience. Okay. However, having said that, I really wanted to get baptized from a young age, from 12 or so. But again, my dad wouldn't let me because he didn't want me to be a Seventh-day Adventist. He wanted me to be his denomination. Mm -hmm. So it was only when my parents became separated and I went to live with my mom in another part of the country that then I was able to get baptized at 16. Okay. And yet, even then, I think my relationship with God was not yet fully my own. I had mm -hmm. to leave home as a student. And when I went to university, I went to an Adventist college. And so again, 
I was able to rely on other people for uh-huh. my experience rather than on myself, right? And it then happens. I went, yes. all right, it's so, it's so easy because we're part of this beautiful community of, of uh, Seventh-day Adventists. It's a beautiful big bubble. It really is a very beautiful big bubble. Um, and somehow that was the thing that prevented me from experiencing my own experience. So I lived in Korea then for a couple of years and then I was on my own. And I then was at that time in my early twenties, 20, 21, when I started to develop my own relationship with God, but still nobody really showed me how to study the word of God. And nobody mm. really showed me how to pray. And I think as a Christian, maybe you can correct me if, if you disagree, but as a Christian, when you're growing up within a faith, you're kind of expected to know how to read your Bible and how to pray. And nobody shows you because, well, you, well, you just know you're a Christian, don't you? You know how to do You've that. You've seen it all the time being done. Sure, sure. You should know how to do that. But unbeknown to me, I didn't really know how to pray. And then something transpired in my life, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in a minute, that showed me how to pray and how okay. to read the Bible for myself. Tell us, tell us about that. I can't wait to hear it. Okay. All right. So, I told you a little bit before about my anxiety yes. and my depression, and they became crippling. Hmm. Okay, my my wife and I we couldn't get pregnant with it with a child. We couldn't, no matter what we tried, we couldn't get pregnant. And so we tried IVF, and it didn't work very well. Uh, and I could feel just this weight coming down on my shoulders all the time. And I remember one night just getting up in the middle of the night and having to go to the bathroom and just this very, very heavy heaviness in my body. And I just, ah, I just, I knew that something needed to change. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, the, the only way I can express or explain to you about my anxiety is like, you know that that humming sound that comes from a fridge, that ever-present Yes. And it never stops. Yes. That's what my anxiety was like. Okay. It never, ever left me. Mm-hmm. Sure, things would make me sad, and I would go further down. But when I would come back up, I would be at the set point of anxiety and depression, and that mm, would continue. And then sometimes I would get happy because of external circumstances, and then I'd go up. And then once the happy thing externally had gone away, guess what? I would come back down to this mm, constant anxiety. So I started reading. I started reading stuff outside of my church's publications uh-huh. and books that were not written by Christians for Christians, but written by spiritual people. Mm-hmm. 
like Eckhart Tolle and Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer and so on. And it wasn't long before I started getting little advertisements in my inbox uh, from this company called the Energy Alignment Method. Well, I decided I'd like to go along to one of their weekend programs. And I am so glad that I did. When was that? Uh, that was in 2018, 2018. Okay, just before COVID. Yeah, yeah. So uh, after that weekend, I mean, I was bowled over. I would say that within six months of having gone to that first weekend, that my anxiety was gone by about 80 to 85%. Is that right? Correct. With, with no medication? With no medication. Were you taking Nothing. medication prior to that uh, event? So you, no, so you, I, you, I grew up in a home treated. that didn't, I grew up in a home that didn't believe in medication. I was told you should never take medication. Oh, okay. So I okay. struggled. I didn't even know that I was anxious or depressed, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just knew that life was rubbish. Yes. Um, and um, after, after this anxiety left me, mm -hmm. I realized um, I had to get this message out to the world. I couldn't keep it to myself. And so I went about designing a program that would bring Christ to the center of the mix. Because I'm a firm believer that any change that happens in me is really only instigated by God, by the Holy Spirit, by Jesus. And if I want that to be deep, long and really lasting, I need him. I need his guidance. And but so from there, I... By the alignment uh, um, seminar that you went to that weekend, that wasn't a Christian um, event, is that right? No, but it was, correct. It was, it was a spiritual, but not Christian. Is that, is that, is, is, is that a correct. correct way of... Okay. Yes, absolutely. Spiritual, but not Christian focused. Um, it's energy based. Um, right. And so I, I, I knew that... Um, there's certain terminology within EAM that I think a lot of Christians in my denomination and probably in many other denominations would kind of question, mm, really, are you sure about that? And um, I, I, I knew what it had done for me because mm -hmm. when the anxiety lifted, Josue, okay, my life fundamentally changed for the better oh beautiful it was like it was like night and day okay hmm. i felt like scales had come off of my eyes really i felt like i was elevated i was standing taller i was looking around and i was 
I was walking in places where I had walked for years. And all of a sudden I was seeing things that had been there for years, but I had never noticed that they were there. Because when right? I was anxious and depressed, I was, where was I looking? I was looking down. down. I was yeah. looking here and I was looking yeah. down physically. I was looking down because I didn't want to look up. I didn't want to make eye contact with people. I didn't hmm. want to see people. I, I saw the worst in people. Huh. And I was really angry towards people for the smallest things. But because of my parents, the way they had been, I was the middle kid. Yeah, I was going between my parents to keep the peace. Mm -hmm. And so I was really good. I mean, really good at faking that I was fine. <laughs> So you were masking, that's how Oh oh how yes, yes, I was the master. The I was the master of masking. Oh yes, mm -hmm. I was. And everybody at in church, everyone thought I was great. And for all intents and purposes, I was. But people couldn't see what was going on in here and that's in right. here. That's and right. on these shoulders. People can't see those things. No. If you look it's well, invisible. sure you're well. Everything's fine. Mental health, emotional health, it's all invisible. It is. Right? So how you does only the... know it within yourself. But that's true. That's true. So how does the uh, alignment is this energy alignment method? How, right. how does it work? What do you do? What process is there involved in, 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 in that? Okay. All right. So there is a five-step process okay and um i want to focus more on the fourth step and the fifth step okay and that is called um uh releasing and receiving yeah so step five yes, is, i remember from the zoom that we had together that, that you invited yeah. me it was very interesting yeah yeah i'm so glad that sorry you i cut it. you off <laughs> go ahead no 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 don't apologize so the first three steps are about finding the problem and the yeah. fourth step and the fifth step are about releasing and receiving yeah. and for me how i've changed that is that i will encourage people that are doing a step four which is what i call it releasing um i encourage them to um imagine really that jesus himself is standing in front of them with his arms wide open, ready to receive everything that you are mm -hmm. ready to give over to him. Okay. And actually getting to that point for you, where you're willing to give stuff over is difficult, especially if, you, if you've been holding on to it all these years, because, Indeed. you know, energetically, what we're doing is we're storing all of this stuff in our bodies. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you may feel it like a heaviness in your shoulders or a soreness in your shoulders or in your yeah. arms. Yeah. yeah or you, you feel may it feel it. Yeah, absolutely. You feel it physically. Um, you may have a lot of sickness going on as well. Cause if you're storing energy, yeah, mm -hmm. which is from, and I'm going to explain something as well, because, um, in, in, in wanting to give stuff over, um, you must know that 
by holding on to this stuff, you, you, we've got we've got something to get to to give over to God, really. But there there are the, the premise really is that everything is energy. Yes, okay. um, our thoughts, our thoughts are energy. Our mm -hmm. emotions are energy. Mm -hmm. Our situations, our um, our relationships. Everything that we experience in this life is energy. Mm -hmm. And energy comes in three states. Yes, there is um, r resistant energy. There is um, reversed energy. And there is receptive energy. Mm -hmm. Now, resistant energy, cast your mind back to when you were a child in the playground. And imagine when you're trying to run away, you know, you're playing tag or it or chasing or whatever you used to call it. And imagine that somebody has got you by the collar and mm -hmm. you know where it is you want to go. It's just over there, the other side of the schoolyard. Yeah. And you can't but get there because you're you back. All right. Exactly. Your friend's holding you back. That's resistant energy. You okay. know where it is that you want to go. Yeah, you know how it is that you want to feel. You know what it is you want to do with your life. You can see it over there. But no matter how hard you try, you can't get rid of this guy over here that's holding on to you. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's resistant energy. Reversal mm -hmm. energy happens when we're little and we have no we have nothing to help us. Okay, so like my dad when he used those words against me or I when he threw that, yeah. Mm -hmm. When he threw me down the stairs, he shocked me. Okay. I went into shock. Boom. Okay. And that's reversal energy. Yeah. And we create reversals because of shock. Yeah. Abuse or trauma or um, big situations it can be small situations too, because when you're a little kid, maybe somebody just jumped out from behind a brick wall on you. But because you were little, you didn't know how to cope with that particular thing. Right. Mm hmm. So that's reversed energy. And you're now as an adult, you're turned and you're going the other direction than where you want to go. Okay. Then receptive okay. energy is where everything is going really well. Yeah. People are complimenting you. You're getting that pay rise. Uh, things are going well with you and your family. Yeah. That's re that is a receptive energy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so once we know about the three flows of energy now, once we dig in and discover what it is that is stuck in our energy, we can let it go. We can give it all over to God. And yeah. I use some words to give that over. And we do that three times together. Uh, and then we have uh, step five, where we put our arms up in the air praising uh -huh. God for everything that he has mm. for us. And I encourage people to bring in um, like Bible promises and thereby making God's word come alive. It's no longer just these words on a page. It's vibrant. It's alive. It's, it's real. It's practical. It's daily stuff, real, you know, salt of the earth, really real stuff. So and so we're calling this. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm done. I'm done. Go ahead. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't to ask you. Um, you are 
energy is real. What is happening is real. It's not just in our imagination. Right. It is real. Totally. Uh, you, imagine, you imagine Jesus as if he's real there in front of you, mm -hmm. um, loving you. Yeah. When, when you invited me to your Zoom uh, event, um, and I, I couldn't get up because I was at Starbucks. So I couldn't do the, right. I remember that. The, 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 I couldn't do the whole uh, exercise mm -hmm. as you guys did, mm -hmm. but it involved some movement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, why that movement? What is the role of that movement? Is it to make it to connect? I mean, this is my little theory that I was thinking mm -hmm. is to connect a physical movement with a concept so it becomes physical, it becomes real, or, or why why do we have to to lean to the side while, while we do that? Oh, right. So um, if you are, if your energy is leaning to the side while you are releasing, that is um, indicative of a reversal going on in your energy. So if you're moving like this or if you're stuck still it can be because you your body is in reversal over yeah, the thing so the that you're trying to release absolutely yes very much so uh so we're That's we're releasing that that tells us that we're releasing yeah that we have got stuff that needs releasing and then when our arms are up we're receiving and and there is this swaying that will go on and but yeah. that's just energy moving yeah we, we all move. Uh, our, our, our stomach is moving. We don't tell it to move to digest the food, but it moves, right? That's the, that's we blink. True. We blink to keep dust out of our eyes. We don't tell our eyes to blink to keep the dust out. It just yeah. happens. So that's the true. same with the, with the swaying. It's just happening because that's what's happening with your body as you are receiving. And I would... I would love to encourage, in fact, I am encouraging everybody to check out my website, faithisflow.com. And I've got a series on, it's launching this month. So everyone that's following this right now, really very, very welcome, uh, where I'll be sharing more um, information and more videos about everything that you've been asking me about today. Uh, plus, we meet for three uh, Zoom call sessions over the months of May or, or of May and June, um, yeah, do, and so do, I'm do, really do looking forward to that. And and do my favorite. And w w when we are done with yeah. the, with the podcast, send me an email uh, sure. with other information, and then I will post it on the comments. Okay. So. And in the information for the in like description for the for the podcast, so people oh, have great. access to that because it's very oh, interesting. Brilliant. I'm I'm telling you guys, I was there. Um, it lasted probably an hour, mm -hmm. the Zoom call, and uh, excuse me, it didn't. I didn't even notice that the time was passing. Like it was so, so interesting. And there were like a four or five people in the call mm -hmm. besides me. Mm -hmm. There was a very um, um, community-oriented atmosphere 
um, it was very good, and uh, I felt safe. I was at Starbucks. I had my 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 headphones as I am with noise cancelling, so I couldn't hear anything around me. Just what uh, Graham was Graham was doing with uh, with the group, and I totally recommend it. I totally recommend it. Um, why do you think that this releasing and receiving is effective? Well, that is a really good question. Uh, as I mentioned, we, we're giving everything over uh, to God. And what it is, is we're allowing him to change it all for us. Not just a tiny little bit, everything. You know, everything. that verse in the Bible, it says, I can do all things through Christ, through Christ who, who strengthens, strengthens me. me. It's yeah. not just a tiny little bit. It's everything he can change for you. All right. So we're allowing him to change it all for us. Yeah. We're giving him permission. Uh, and then the lightness that comes from that giving over uh, is really us giving over our, our resistances, giving over our, our reversal to him, which we've been storing in our body for so long and our bodies feel so tense and tight. But once you've given that all over to him, the feeling of lightness that comes over you, there are no words that can describe that. And then this ability to receive God's blessings into our lives in the step five, it's just, you just have to experience it to know it, to know what it is. And so I really believe what's happening is that we're allowing God to transform us. And what has happened is we're turned into something, what has happened which seemed negative, right? In the past, God is 360, turning it around, transforming it, transmuting it, refining it, and turning it into something beautiful for his experience, for your experience in this life. And we you just know, need to after, believe it. Okay, okay, that's it. And when we get to that point, because you won't even have to try and believe it, you will just experience it and you will believe it. Yes, mm -hmm. the physical change in your body that will happen when you put this into practice. Oh, my word. You'll be like, why didn't I try this earlier? It's just so beautiful and so amazing. This was the thing that transformed my relationship with my father for the best. Okay. If I had not come across this, I would have gone through the rest of my life despising and hating my father. But that was not to be the case. When I was able to give all of those things over to him, I noticed one thing. That he himself had also been the child of an abusive father. And so he passed that from his father to him and from him to me. And it was going to stop with me. Yes. And when I released all of that stuff, I saw what happened from a different perspective. I saw an abused man abusing a boy. Yeah. And I felt nothing but sadness and empathy towards my father then in that moment. And I forgave him. 
And it's the most huge. wonderful thing that I have ever done in my life. Because in forgiving him, I empowered myself to be a better father for my own son. Mm -hmm. And when my boy was born, I looked at him and I loved him. I love him. And I felt myself in my father's arms as a baby, knowing that he looked at me in the same way. He loved me. I knew it. He didn't even have to say the words. And still he hasn't. And in the subsequent years, we had so much fun together. Talking about cricket, which is a passion of his, rugby, those things have me no meaning to me other than the fact that my father loves them. And we could have conversations about anything and everything. It was a lot of me listening to him talking about his stuff because he didn't really have that capacity for listening to other people about their stuff so much. Although in subsequent years, I've discovered that he's very much like me or I'm very much like him. He was an insurance salesman and people would come to sell to get the insurance for him. And he would, they would stay with him for 40 minutes to an hour, just telling him their problems. And my dad would just listen and sit and listen and created a space for them. So I noticed that actually I'm a lot like him, hmm. not only from the anxiety and the depression side, but also with the heart for people side. And though he didn't necessarily show that to me when I was growing up, I know from my subsequent experiences that he did have that. He had that love towards me. And, and so. That, and and that, that changed when you went through this um, releasing and receiving. That's where you yes. were able to. Yes. Um, face what was holding you back. Yeah. The retrieval, how do you call, how do you call that energy again? Like resistant energy? The resistant energy. You were able mm -hmm. to to take it, to put it on the table and to talk to it and release it to yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. So That's I could forgive my dad, unconditionally could forgive him. And then he had a stroke about two or three years ago. And boy, am I glad that I repaired my relationship with him before that happened. Hmm. And so I love my dad. I love him. And I'm so grateful to him for. Wow. Well, 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 what a story. It's, it's like a. <laughs> how you can end up loving. The person that caused you so much suffering, right? And, and, and that is, I, I read 
a few days ago. Um, I'm reading a book by Jamie Archipin on community. It's, called, it's the cost of community. And at some point, it tells how grace goes for the victim and the abuser. Mm -hmm. God's grace is equal to everybody. Yeah. Yes. Not even yeah. those, not just those who deserve it. Right. But those who don't deserve it. Right. So, in a way, by releasing that energy to God and receiving a new energy, you were able to be like Jesus in the sense that Jesus, when, when, when he was um, being murdered, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. He was able to see past what they were doing and see the 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 souls behind yeah and you were able to do that with your dad yeah Graham, thank you so much for this you're welcome um i i have one more question um our podcast listeners, not all of them are Christian. There are many of them that are not Christian. Many of them are atheists. And the program, the alignment program that you went to is not Christian. Right. Could you, can you go through the same process without God? Because well, you, went, you went through it without God and your anxiety left because mm -hmm. you went like that weekend that you went to that event mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't about god and jesus mm -hmm. you have created a program mm -hmm. that helps christians mm -hmm. uh, use those tools that you found mm -hmm. um, but if god is not in their rationale can it be still um good to attend one of your uh, seminars or to do this alignment energy method. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've had um, many um, professing uh, atheists and agnostics and Christians all come through my program. Okay. And um, there are some who have come through the doors and have been well you know i i i don't want to go near a church because terrible things happen there traumatic yeah. events and so on and um they've they've gone through my program and they've come through the other side uh saying do you know what um actually i'm really excited about reading the bible i i, I want to try and and wow jesus he's amazing oh my goodness i would never have thought that i would have thought of jesus in this way mm -hmm. and um yeah absolutely <laughs> and, and and of course uh, those who have no interest uh in god uh can also still uh benefit from the releasing uh simply because that that's where it's coming from the energy alignment method um it, it, it's talking about 
science, the science of it, because it's the science that is working there yeah. too, as well as the spirituality Definitely. of it all, the spiritual yeah. side. Um, so there is evidence that it's scientifically something that does work. Uh, we haven't really touched upon that today because that's not my emphasis necessarily. Um, yeah. But there is evidence to suggest, and, you know, empirical evidence that mm -hmm. suggests that it does work and, and shows that it does work. Uh, so whether Christian or not, this is a method that can and will uh, work for you. Okay, perfect. I, I, I wanted our listeners to, to, to hear that. <laughs> yeah, because no, yeah. You are for not, everyone. You're, you're not proselyt proselyt how do you say that? Proselytizing? Yeah. <laughs> no, you are, you are no just this is simply people. my experience. I'm talking people. about my yes. experience. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you, Graham. Thank you um, so much for taking the time to sit with me on Empathy Cafe podcast. It's and, been my absolute uh, pleasure. Yeah. Um, just send me that email with that information and I will, I will. attach it to, to this. I definitely will. Touch. Thank That's you. That's great. I'm looking forward to it. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye for now.